Hello everyone and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I'm your host Adam Glass and I'm by myself again. Uh, it's just me this week, so if you don't want to hear that, I guess you might as well just shut it off now. Um, but if you do want to hear that, uh, I guess keep listening. Uh, so just standard show this week, um, nothing weird or different. Um, no games, I guess, if I'm by myself, because that I don't know how we would even do that. I guess I could do trivia online like we used to randomly do sometimes in the summers. Um, but that, I, no, we're not doing that. Uh, so, what have I been watching lately? Uh, so, as I mentioned on a previous podcast, I went and saw Wakanda Forever, uh, and I very much enjoyed it uh, in the theater. And I've still been kind of thinking about wishing I could rewatch it, but I know it'll be on Disney Plus at some point, so I'll just catch it on there uh, when I can actually hear it properly with my headphones on. Because uh, I have a bit of a hearing issue, and it's starting to affect me going to the theater and the movies, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast. I don't, doubt I did. It's a Marvel movie. Tyler doesn't like me talking about them, so I can kind of ramble about them a little bit here if I want. Uh, when I saw Thor Love and Thunder in the theater, I basically could hear like 25% of the dialogue. Um, which in a movie like that was fine. I rewatched it when it came out on Disney Plus, and I didn't really feel like I missed much um, of anything. So I don't know what that says about that movie, but I found it kind of meh, to be honest. Um, but moving on, okay, what kind of forever? So before that, I saw trailers. I generally don't watch trailers, uh, but when you're at the theater, um, I don't want to. I like to be in the seat before everything starts. I guess you could say. So watch the trailers, and they showed a trailer for Creed Three. Um, I have not only not seen the Creed movies, I've maybe seen Rocky 1 once, maybe, I think, pretty sure, pretty sure I actually sat myself down once and watched Rocky one time, um, but it's hard to say with a movie like that what, if I've actually watched it, or if it's that kind of like way in culture where you just happen to know all the major parts and then you feel like you watched it, but I'm pretty confident I've at least seen the first one, I am very confident I haven't seen any other ones, I think I watched that Rocky Balboa that they came out with uh, when he kind of did the old man Rocky, but I don't remember it at all, so maybe I didn't. Um, but anyways, so Creed III, uh was trailer was before Wakanda Forever. It looked pretty good. I really do like Michael B. Jordan um, as an actor, uh, so I decided to finally sit down and watch Creed because I saw it was on Amazon Prime. Uh, really enjoyed it uh, very much. Uh, watched it the whole way through. I did not stop. Um, usually I tend to break movies up into nights now, um, but I did watch the whole thing all the way through. Uh, it is quite long. It's over two hours for sure, um, but there is obviously a lot of character buildup because they're introducing this new character and his connection, and I have no Rocky nostalgia, obviously, but I think all the connections they made um, even obviously he's in it. Um, Rocky Bubbo himself, Sylvester Sloan, plays Rocky again in this movie. Um, it does a really great job at it, actually. Um, and then I started watching Creed 2, about halfway through that one, mostly because I started watching it just too late at night. And uh, I just kind of wanted to get the first little bit out of the way. Um, it looks good, but once again, ties into a previous storyline in the older Rocky movies. So I think I might end up watching 2 and then maybe going to see 3 in the theater. I don't know. I think that'd be pretty cool, actually. They're all really well shot. Um and then I might actually go back and watch those original Rocky movies. I know they're not all really great. I think they kind of get worse as they go. I think there's five of them. That seems like a lot. Um, but maybe I'll check those out uh, at some point. And if I ever do, then I'll talk about them on the podcast.
Okay, so fantasy weeks. Here we go. Standard issue ep- episode here. Uh, I will start off with the big pool as I always do. Uh, pulled off a six-three victory um, over Team Ogre, who won at least finished first in the regular season last year in the pool. Um, he is also the owner of one Connor McDavid. Um, so that is always a big help, though maybe not last week, looking at his stats here. Um, so I am now in seventh place in that pool. I have an over 500 record um, and hopefully making my way up. Uh, and then we're moving on over to the points pool, <laughs> um, keeping with the traditional order. Uh, and it's too bad Tyler is not on this week's episode um, because last week me and him faced off in the points pool um, and he picked up both Adam Henrique and Mason McTavish off waivers on Sunday because I think we were within five points of each other um, in fantasy points, if you will. Uh, and they both scored power play goals um, in the Anaheim game last Sunday night and he sent me a gif of the quack, quack, quack from the Mighty Ducks. Um, and I did not get this till I woke up in the morning because uh, I crashed early last night. Um, and I hadn't even checked my fantasy scores. I just saw that text first and I thought, oh, great. He beat me on his waiver pickup on Sunday. Fun. Awesome. Great way to start my Monday morning. So I go to check my pools on Monday morning, as I generally do, because I I don't know if I've ever, if there's a late game on, especially like a 10.30 game on a Sunday, I am not staying up to see how that goes if it matters to my fantasy. It's just not happening. That's kind of why I'm recording more on Monday. I'm trying to record on Mondays now for the podcast so I know what the fantasy weeks finish at because I always kind of like going over that. Uh, So look at the scores and I noticed that I won by five points, by fantasy points, and I was very confused. Then I looked back and I realized that last night in the late game, um, a guy who I picked up on waivers randomly because he was playing on an off day, uh, like at least a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. And every time I go to drop him, he's always playing on an off day. So I just hold on to him because it's just not, I don't like playing that bingo of dropping a guy for a guy who's playing if they're both playing on the same night, because unless it's a big name player or something that got dropped, I guess, but it just feels like bad lottery for me. Um, that stuff always seems to go not my way in fantasy. But anyways, so Arthur Kaliev <laughs> scored two power play goals in the late game. Um, and this guy basically, he doesn't, he he played 13.56 last night, uh, which is his second highest eye time on the whole season. He generally averages 10 to 12 minutes a night, but he plays on the power play. Um, and he happened to get two power play goals last night. Uh, which is huge points in this. So he got 6.65 fantasy points essentially last night, and I won by five, under five points. I won by 4.56. I think my math's right there. No. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. 4.6. Um, so basically, he won me the week, uh, and he plays for the LA Kings, uh, which is Tyler's favorite team. Uh, and me even having him on my roster in this pool, you would think would only be because I picked him up as a streamer on Sunday. Um, that was not the case. He has been on my roster for a few weeks now, essentially because he does play a lot of off days. Uh, and I lucked out with that this week. So I guess, uh, sorry to Tyler, who would be very salty if he was on the program this week. Um, 
and also another particular player, uh, which I'm going to get to uh, in a new fantasy shoutout segment that I'm going to have. Um, but I will get to that shortly. Uh, so auction pool, last one here. This is the only loss I took. Uh, uh, four to three loss um, to the division leader in my division, uh, Ultimate Warriors. Uh, basically, me and Tyler's, well, I think Tyler's for sure arch rival in this pool. Um, Kurt's definitely doing a lot better in auction league than he is in the big pool. Um, but if he's tanking for Bedard in that pool, then, I mean, I get it totally get it um so he handed me a 4-3 loss here um somehow my garbage goaltending stats managed to beat his garbage goaltending stats uh, but he smoked he had 144 shots last week which is just like yeah we're gonna get one of these guys in a fantasy shadow here on his team because it was just a crazy week for him like i had 121 shots in fantasy last week that's a lot like that'll beat most teams or at least get you very competitive and he had 144. Now, the crazy thing is we still tied in goals. Um, and he had 23 more shots. So he was definitely unlucky um, in the goal scoring. His shooting percentage probably was not great. Um, but he smoked me in hits, too. Uh, we tied in wins. And then I had better garbage goaltending stats than his garbage goaltending stats. So, okay. Fantasy shoutouts. So this is going to come before my traditional poo-poo performers, and super-duper stars of the week. Uh, I can't always fit everybody that I want to talk about uh, in the poo-poo or superstar, if you will. That's I love that I get to say that, I guess. That's pretty dumb. Um, there's always guys I want to kind of give shout-outs to fantasy-wise. Uh, and I love talking fantasy hockey, and since I'm just here by myself talking, I might as well talk about what I want to talk about. So some of these shoutouts will be guys I've had on my team and some were on my opponent's team. Uh, and I just noticed they had monster weeks. So the first one I'm looking at here in the auction pool, Kurt had Brady Kachuk, uh, two goals, two assists, minus two, uh, which is, well, we might get to the Senators later in this podcast. I think we will. Um, two power play points, 26 shots on goal and seven hits, which honestly for Brady Kachuk kind of seems low, but 26 shots on goal and only two goals. That's... Where are you shooting from? Like what? I don't watch a lot of Senators games, but that very much piques my interest how you can have 26 shots in a week and only two goals. I mean, that is less than 10% shooting percentage. Like that's, I feel like Brady Kachuk would be a guy shooting around the net all the time. So she's whacking away at 18. Like I, hmm. Did they play a lot of home games last week? Maybe shots on goal can be a finish. They need to, somehow standardize what is a shot and what is a hit in hockey. I know that would require player tracking and maybe actually getting serious about the sport statistically, but I'm hoping it comes at some point. I know they did that weird chip in the puck thing at one point, and all the players freaked out about it and they got rid of it right away, but there's got to be something that they can do to 26 shots and two goals. Like, man, that's either really bad luck or you're just taking shots to take like that. Hmm. That's interesting. I find that in 26 shots in a week is a lot. Like, that's a Like, let's... Okay. You know what? I'm here by myself. We're going to do a deep dive here. What is his shot rates per... Wow. Okay. So, seven shots, eight shots, six shots, five shots, four shots, six shots, six shots. Like, he is shooting the puck like crazy, but he is not scoring. He's not even average. Wow, his average ice times are only like 18, 16, 17, 19, 16, 15, 21 there. But he only had six shots that game. He played 16 minutes. He had eight shots. 
No hits. Weird. I mean, monster for fantasy. Like, monster for peripherals. Like, you get peripherals like that, it doesn't even matter if he gets points. That can... 26 shots? Come on. I'd roster anybody for 26 shots a week. And only a, a dash two is great because sometimes you get peripheral guys that are like, oh yeah, they get 10 and 15 or 15 and 10 or whatever peripherals that you want. And then they're like minus 10 every week. And it's like, well, I don't know if I can carry that boat. That's tough. Okay, next up. A uh, guy I picked up on waivers in the big pool a few weeks back and basically haven't dropped him since because he puts up enough peripherals to make it worth rostering. And he's getting still some prime offensive minutes with good wingers uh, and centers still. So that's Mr. Old Man Zach Parise had three points, a power play point, 17 shots on goal and five hits. Oh, sorry. That's a plus one and two power play points. 17 shots on goal, five hits. Great. Awesome. That's great depth. If you had him in a cat league and it was super deep, you were probably happy. If you had him in some DFS, you might've got lucky because he's probably super cheap. I don't know how all that stuff works, but that seems like something I should be saying. I don't know. Anyways, next up, Timo Meyer played him in the big pool. Uh, monster week in some respects. Uh, four goals, one assist, minus four, which is tough. One power play point, which you kind of want to see a couple more with five points there, but 24 shots and 14 hits. So this is what I'm talking about. He had 24 shots, but he had four goals. Brady Kachuk, 26 shots, two goals. Yeah. Anyways, so this is the one that really got to Tyler. I don't know if he dropped him, but I think he did. And if he'll, he can't correct me. So I'm just going to say he dropped him and then he can get mad at the podcast. Um, okay. That's left winger Jeff Skinner for the Buffalo Sabres, who last week had four goals, three assists, was a plus four, three power play points, 12 shots on goal, and four hits. 12 shots on goal, four goals. That is what you love to see. Monster, 16 fantasy points last week. Like, that's that's pretty big in that pool. 16 like you would base that would basically be a goalie getting three wins essentially a three win week from a goalie would get you basically what Jeff Skinner got you on points there um so I don't I mean yes goalies are a little overvalued in that pool um <laughs> when a seven point week is the same as three wins <laughs> huh okay uh, poo poo performer for this week auction pool. I try to pick the team that lost, um, because it just feels easier to center on one team than try to look over a bunch of rosters and then pick the worst one. Uh, Vinny Trocheck, one goal minus three, five shots, six hits. That's not you got to be in double digits of one of those peripherals, and you got to be a, more than one goal. Like you're a straight C. And a pool with no flex. This is tough. Like, you're you're tough. I know you have the opportunity. Your team's struggling right now. You're getting tons of ice time. But the points are not coming for this guy right now. For whatever reason. That every once in a while, he'll put up, like, a two-point game with two power play points and, like, ten shots and five hits. And you're like, okay, yeah. But I'm not relying on him, I guess, in that pool. So that's good. Not when you got absolute smoke shows like William Nylander putting up two goals, two assists. Plus four, one power play point, 11 shots, and no hits. Because he had four points. Who cares? No hits. Who cares? Matthews had three. 
16 shots, four goals, or four points for Matthews. No power play points for Matthews. That's unfortunate. Catching up on his five on five, I guess. Okay. I guess I tangented from the poo poo performer there. But uh, super duper stars of the week. There are two of them. They are my goaltending tandem in the big pool because this is just crazy. Um, after Freddie Anderson went down, instead of desperately trying to move something to get another goalie, I said, I'm just going to roll this Isles tandem and see what happens here. And this week they produced uh, three wins from Sorokin with a 1.32963, uh, 1.32 GAA, 963 save percentage, and one shutout. And then Varlamov came in and got one win with a 2.00 and a 9.29. Uh, which is four wins from from one team, uh, which isn't going to happen again probably <laughs> with the, with the Isles for the who knows maybe they go they went on that one burner that one year where they just won like what twenty five games in a row or whatever like you never know and in this pool if you can get if you can start chugging away and get high enough you might be able to squeak into the playoffs and Freddie Anderson's going to be back at some point for ten or twelve games till he gets hurt again so I guess I can look forward to that uh, so that is fantasy hockey for the week. Um, so I'm going to try and remember to continue fantasy shutouts, um, but I will continue poop performers and super duper stars. Um, it will not just be me on solo shows every week. Tyler will occasionally come back and, uh, Sean Robinson has said that he will occasionally come back and guest host. Uh, and if anybody else is interested, I mean, if you think you can handle it or you want to try it, even I'm cool with that. Um, let me know. Um, and at some point I think I might try to do a game show episode. I don't know. They're hard to coordinate and I kind of want to try to do one in person now that we can safely, if you will. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I don't know. Maybe over the holidays or something, I can figure something out, but I should probably start thinking about that. Anyways, signings and trades. Um, I thought about that when I was prepping the podcast today. I was like, Oh, I haven't done signings and trades for a while. There's probably a whole bunch. Oh man. But it's early in the season. Not a lot has happened. Um, most of the signings I'm not even going to talk about. The only one I'm really going to talk about is Carolina signing 24 year old Piotr Kochekov to a four year, $2 million per year cap hit for eight million dollars total value uh his nickname is coochie which you know what let's just move on um i so this is a now they have three goalies because they have ronta they have anderson who's hurt and they signed this guy i get why they signed this guy i think he's going to be actually good um fantasy value here maybe I, I, hmm. sometimes I think that Carolina might be held back by their coach. So this is going to be a three-headed goalie monster at some point, And we know that a certain goalie in this three-headed monster does not like to be passed around and not be the starter. Or at least thought of as the starter. So are they going to trade somebody here or are they going to waive somebody here? They're Carolina. They're honestly liable to do anything. They also have Matt's Pacioretty come. Oh, you know what? Carolina deep dive. Ca cap space. 
6.8 million. Okay. So let's see. They they are they have six contracts to give. That's huge. Um, some teams are at the limit. <clears throat> the Leafs, they're not the only ones, obviously, but they're one of them. Uh, okay, six injuries, though. Let's see what they are. Who's coming back here? So Jake Gardner, okay, he's gone. This is his last season. He's he's not. Yeah, it's, it's okay. They don't have to worry about him coming back. So that's $4 million. They don't have to worry about Max Pacioretty, on the other hand, hmm, $7 million. Um... That seems like a lot. What do, what do we got? Cap space, 6.8. 7 million. Hmm. That could be an issue. Uh, so we have two guys on IR, so I believe they still... Oh, this is where Tyler would be helpful to bounce the... I believe that means they still count against the cap because uh, they are just on IR. So that would be... $11.4 million with cap space, but that is against the cap. So really, they do still need to move somebody when Patches comes in, whenever that is. So let's see here. Could they send anybody down? Jack Drury. Yeah, they could. I mean, they could squeeze it in. They could do it. And then they could just wave like whatever. They could probably wave Calvin DeHaan or something. He's at 850. I mean, if he gets picked up, are you really missing? You probably want to wave a forward, I guess. Yeah, that Cockney thing is hmm, four point eight million. Interesting. Let's see how that goes. I guess um, everybody's gonna be bad. I mean, you could technically. Uh, you know, can you wave Stassi? One point. I don't know. I don't think you're going to. But uh, Stefan Noison is twenty nine and weird. Um, okay. Yeah, that's they'll be fine, I guess. But they still like they're gonna have to move a goalie. Um. Oh, is that contract not kicking till next year, though? So I guess it doesn't matter. Oh, I just might have. Okay, yep. Nope, we're going to not worry. They're going to probably send him down, but he has his contract, so that's okay. That was probably the play there. They signed him to that contract and said, hey, when Anderson comes back, we're obviously going to have to send you down, but you obviously have earned your spot up here. Here's your contract. Um, we will see you next season when... Well, I'm assuming one of these goals, when Anti-Ranta's gone, and you can be the backup of, he will be the starter next year. Anderson is also a UFA. Hmm. Interesting. 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 Who's going to get the backup job, and where's Freddie Anderson going to go? How old's Freddie Anderson? 33. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to hmm on that one in my own fantasy issue. Hmm. That's okay. Uh, trades. Did I get it? Yeah, that's where we're going now, right? I just did a weird deep dive on Carolina because we talked about the Coach Kev contract. I'm not, I'm, there's no way I'm saying that right. Uh, okay. So, I mean, what, oh, I guess this is Carolina related, so we'll do that. They traded Ethan Bear. Uh, to the Canucks, along with AHL contract of Lane Pedersen. Uh, they retained 400000 on Ethan Bear's contract for this season. Uh, and in exchange, they got a fifth-round pick. Ethan Bear is playing minutes for the Canucks, and I'm just happy he has a place to play. He 
for whatever reason, could not find a fit in Carolina, though their D is obviously very deep, and they also have a deep prospect base um, of defense. So just not... I remember, how did they get him again? I'm not going to look into it. Let's just move on from that. Uh, The Rangers sent Ryan Reeves to the Minnesota Wild, and they got a fifth-round pick. Not quite sure why a cap-strap team like Minnesota would want that. But the one Minnesota Wild fan I know said he can't skate anymore. Um, So that's good, I guess. That's good for them. Uh, Okay, last up. Leafs made a trade. Um, uh, I get, like... (laughs) But, I mean, trade for what you know, I guess. But uh, Dubas traded for another former Sioux Greyhound. Um, and Connor Timmins, all he had to give up was basically he had to give away a contract so the Leafs could be at 50 contracts again. So the Coyotes acquired Curtis Douglas. I'm very confused about this from the Coyotes' perspective because he was kind of a key piece um, in a trade. And I, hmm, in the Kemper trade and... You just, hmm. I know he's been hurt a lot, and maybe they just have, he's just, they don't room for, they don't see it anymore, or I guess this is an old regime thing, maybe. Um, so they moved on. The Leafs got basically a right hand or right shot, second, former second round pick of the Colorado Avalanche for nothing, essentially. Um, so why not? This is a classic Tyle Dubas move on every every part of the scale, if you will. Like, he's a former Sioux Greyhound, so he probably knows a lot about him. Uh, He also played, I believe, on the same defense with Mac Hallowell and uh, Rasmus Sandin when they were all in the Sioux together. So that's, I mean, that really probably didn't matter in the trade, but that's pretty funny. Um, And this is the classic, like, maybe he'll work here because we have, like, the one thing I will say, this is going to turn into a big Leafs rant um, when it, I really didn't want to do that on this podcast, but uh, maybe I will because they're doing really well right now. And I'm really tired of people badmouthing William Nylander. Um, I'm over it. I'm, I'm tired of badmouthing Dubas. He doesn't play in the playoffs. He didn't lose those games for them. Now you could say, Oh, you got Galchenyuk and then you gave the put. And I'm like, yeah, but games aren't won or lost on one moment. That's just the moment that you think they're won or lost on. That's not how it actually works. It's not. There are thousands of moments in that game that changed the outcome of it. And they all mattered. But one didn't matter the most. One didn't. Maybe in a one nothing game where a goal... But that goal got caused by a hundred other events happening before that. It's just, it's just sports, man. It's luck. It's, it's just stuff happens. And Dubas is not to blame for all this. Has he made some not great moves for sure not everything's worked like the mason marchment for dennis Morgan trade looked even worse before this season and now it looks like Morgan might actually be something like he's a nhl player at least in the bottom six that isn't a defensive liability which isn't something i expected from him he actually kind of i notice him when he's on the ice for the most part and i didn't notice him at all last time when they gave him the plum opportunity so i don't know those years in switzerland really helped i don't know what it is but um i'm not saying they won that trade at all or they're going to win it but it's not a complete bust i guess 
Um, I did have some Zaitsev stuff here on this list of things for the podcast. We're not going to talk about it, but like he got rid of that contract and didn't have to retain anything. Can you imagine if they were still retaining even one million dollars right now off that contract? They would. That's a million dollars. Like that's no Zach Aston Reese, or that's maybe no David Camp, or whatever. That's a million. That's huge for that team. A million dollars on the cap. He got rid of him for nothing. You have to, if okay, if you're a Leafs fan and this current core ever makes you mad, I want you to basically look up any roster, any roster in the dregs of like that, essentially the down, like those first two years after they came back from the original strike way back when in 04, 05, the Leafs almost made the playoffs two years in a row but didn't. So let's let's just knock those. That's Sandine stuff. Let's knock it out of the way. Let's knock those two years out of the way. Take from basically that time period, and you can go through the Brian Burke era, the Kessel trade, the Fanuf stuff, and then everything after it when they basically finally, Shanahan came in and said, burn it to the ground. We have to start over. Up until that first Austin Matthews year where they finally make the playoffs again, think about everything in between there. Think about it. And if you didn't experience that, then, I mean, you have nothing to complain about as a Leafs fan because this is all gravy time now. But when I, I don't get mad at this team or anything. I just watch it, whatever. It doesn't affect me in that way anymore, thankfully. I kind of worked it out of my fantasy hockey. Losing in fantasy playoffs probably affects me more than the Leafs losing in the playoffs anymore at this point. But I still want that joy when they win. And I still watch them all the time. I still watch almost every regular season game. Maybe not the whole way through. Like, obviously, they're playing right now and I'm recording the podcast. I don't even know what the score is right now because I get too... I didn't even put it on the TV behind me because I get too distracted. But think about all those years, those rosters, those rant Mark Arcabello, like these random guys that they just threw on this team. And I would sit there and watch. I, that's Like, that was probably the... There was probably years in there where I, you know, finally was like, I can't. That was when I started watching other teams. That was when having center ice was amazing. Because I would basically sit down and I would watch parts of the Leafs games, if you will. That's why I had Kessel on my fantasy teams a lot. Because it was like an excuse to watch this team. Same with Morgan Riley when he came around. I tried to grab him uh, early on. So I had an excuse to watch the Leafs. Um, But I would turn other teams on. And the Leafs were so bad. They were so bad. They were not only bad, they were boring to watch. There was nothing but crazy stuff going on, like the Randy Carlyle 18-wheeler thing, Ron Wilson fighting with people, the he's just okay thing with Reimer, like all that stuff, like the waffles, the, oh my, God. I probably am even forgetting stuff, but just the random guys that came through too, you were like, I can't, if you, like, Garnet Axelby, like these random guys that played for like a season or 20 games, or like Ole Jokinen played for the Leafs at one point. Like, what are we even doing? And you're mad that William Nylander at 80 points last year? Like, honestly, fuck off. Fuck off. Honestly, I'm tired of it. Enjoy this shit, the good and the bad. 
because we went through, I went through decades of garbage. And it's not like they ever won. It's not like I ever saw, I haven't even seen the Stanley Cup final with this team before. My big memories are like failure with this team. Even the best years are like remembering cherished failures. That's what the Leafs are. They're cher- like, it's remembering cherished, like, oh, remember that time that Gretzky totally crushed us? Remember that time that the Devils basically gave us eight shots in an elimination game? Like, all these things. Jeremy Roenick scoring in overtime. And that's his greatest goal of his whole career. Like, come on. Like, we lost the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Final. What are we doing? What are we doing? Stop complaining. Austin Matthews won the Hart Trophy and scored 60 goals last year. Mitch Marner is one of the best right-wingers in all of hockey right now. And that's just not a Leafs fan. That's everybody saying that and all we're doing is being like come on fuck off i'm done i'm done with it fuck off leaf fans enjoy this shit come on i don't even care if they never win a stanley cup with this core this is the best thing we'll ever get as a team it is there's never we're never getting better than this come on are you kidding me look at this roster oh and they're probably getting beat like six nothing by detroit right now as i'm saying this but um yeah I didn't want to do a lease rant, but we did it. We did it. It happened. I didn't even... I have to write it on my notes now because I have like 20 other things. I, I, okay. Leafs. I'm just going to live rant. Uh, okay. So I listened to one... This is a weird tangent again. Um, get used to these when I do solo shows. Um, I'll try to keep it on topic with hockey, but... There's going to be tangents there too. I might never get back to the original point I wanted to make. I'll try to, um, but brain goes, brain goes. This is living inside of my brain right now. This, so me doing this podcast for like an hour, imagine that happening in your head all the time, all the time. Like, I mean, all the time. And sometimes it's, yeah, I know it's a lot in there. It's a lot. So I, I listened to one gaming podcast a long time. It, over a decade, um, they ended up splitting up eventually just, it, they, it was just done. There was nothing bad or wrong. It was just, it was over, they were over it. Fused, they splintered off into a few different, po- the original podcast continued with kind of a new group. Some of the exist, it, a whole, I'm not getting into the whole thing. One of them went off on their own solo solo and started his own show where he basically just kind of rants. It's generally a video game show, but he's going to talk about what he wants to talk about. And he generally averages about two and a half hours a week, give or take, on this podcast. Now, he also does a Patreon where he does other podcasts with actual people. Sometimes he will do interviews on this podcast, but for the most part, it is a solo podcast where he does two and a half hours a week. And I didn't think I would listen to it. I was like, I don't know if I can just do one. I listen to it every week. I look forward to it a lot of the times because I guess I like his personality, all that kind of stuff, his opinions. I really trust, especially in games because I've listened to him for so long. So it's not even, I'm like, oh, he liked a game. I'm going to like it. It's like, well, I know what kind of games he likes, what stuff he likes to get into. And if he is excited about a certain genre, I know I'm going to like that game because he always likes the kind of game. Anyways, so when I was thinking about doing this podcast by myself, that is kind of, he kind of borderline inspired me. Maybe I talked about this the first show. I don't even know. First solo show. And if I did, I'm sorry. So why I said that, basically, is I actually remembered this time when I started recording. 
to write down what time I started as I look at my recording to make sure I am actually recording uh, before I scream. Uh, okay, so I actually wrote down what time I started this time. And I am at, mm, let's say rough math, about 35 minutes. Let's, you can all check, I guess, if you want to while you're listening to this podcast, if I'm actually right. I know I'm not exactly right. But I'm going to say about 35-ish minutes. I haven't gotten to one of my main topics yet that I have. I have about mm, half a dozen, let's say eight to ten topics that I wanted to talk about this week on the podcast. And I'm generally, I we used to always do a give or take an hour every week. And I am almost close to the end, if you will, of the podcast. And I haven't even gotten into my main topic. So I'm just going to, I think I'm going to do the standard hour this week, give or take, but maybe in the future when I start doing solo shows, there might be a few where I just see how long it takes to get through all this stuff I wrote down. And if you want to listen for that long, you can, and if you don't, you don't have to, but I, I don't know. Sometimes I like to challenge myself to do random things. Um, not yeah, not generally things that traditional people would try and do, like get a really good job in a giant house or anything. I'm like, hey, maybe I'll see if I can record a three-hour podcast by myself or make a movie um, or become a photographer when I've never done it before, all that stuff. Um, that's more interesting to me, I guess, with life. But that's me stuff. Speaking of life, let's go back to hockey because a certain player has played a 1,000 games, and that is Evgeny Gino Malkin. One of my favorite players of his era, for sure. When he was at his peak, he could take over. Like, when Malkin was on his absolute horse and peaking in this league, there was very... Like, he was unstoppable. He was putting up... In, he would put up, like, 12 points in five games when guys weren't doing that. Uh, he would win... He would. They would go on winning streaks purely based on Malkin. It, it is really crazy that... The Penguins had him and Crosby on the same team for all those years. It is truly crazy. Um, because honestly, Malkin is... I I know there were years where I said... There were definitely years where he was better than Crosby. Or at least more effective. And I know some of that had to do with injury. But the years where he... I mean, he's got an Art Ross. He has a Con Smythe. He has three Stanley Cup rings. Uh, he's a no-doubt surefire slam dunk first ballot hall of famer has to be there's no way that's a debate as far as i'm concerned he wasn't on the nhl's top 100 which is an absolute disgrace uh, on puck soup they had a little discussion about where he ranks amongst like cap era centers if you will um so we're gonna leave mcdavid out because he doesn't not have whatever i don't think we should truly judge him as a career yet uh it's too early obviously he's gonna be really good but let's see where he ends up not that I'm saying he's not going to be good. Let's just see where he ends up. Uh, so let's go over them. So we got Bergeron. Is Malkin better than Bergeron? At his peak, I mean, Bergeron's never won a Ross. I don't even know if he's ever been top 10 in points. I don't think so. I don't think he's ever had a 100-point season. He gets hurt a lot, obviously. He's never had a 100-point season. Okay, so obviously... 
now that stats are fancy and all over the place, Bergeron's underlying numbers are amazing and unreal and timeless, and he never seems to he seems to get better with age for some reason. But I don't know if I'm putting him ahead of Malkin in the best centers of this era. But I think Bergeron's probably in the top five. Uh, Crosby, obviously, he's up there. We're not doing a one, two, three thing. But let's just put Crosby ahead of Malkin just because. Joe Thornton. This is the, to me, this is the debate that some people might have. I wouldn't have it. Malkin all day. Scored more goals. I know that, I know Thornton set a ton up and made a lot of guys that never scored again a lot of goals. But at the end of the day, Malkin could take the puck, go down the ice and score. He could crush a guy and score. I, to me personally, like the three cup rings and the cons might do matter when you're having this conversation. Um, so to me, it's Malkin here. So to me, it's cap era centers. You're looking at like Crosby, Malkin, Thornton, Bergeron. And then to me, five doesn't matter. Like, I don't know. There's probably like somebody, somebody screaming about it right now. I mean, you could put Kopitar in there, maybe. Um, Sedin, but mm, not really. Yeah, I guess. Like Taves? I mean, he's... I. It's hard to have these debates by yourself. Um, but anyways, I'm putting Malkin ahead of Joe Thornton. That's the one point I will make. Uh, okay, shout out to or call back to the previous podcast that I did solo. Uh, Shane Wright has been sent down on conditioning sent to the AHL. I'm not 100% sure how long he can do that for. I think it's like 10 games or something, but um, obviously he needs to play. Notably, if you don't remember, Shane Wright opted to try and play in the OHL during the pandemic year that was ultimately canceled. Um, so there was a whole year where he didn't play hockey, uh, and then he had injuries last year, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so he's missed a lot of hockey recently, and this is a guy that probably needs, as we said, touches. So hopefully he goes down to the AHL, lights it up. I did notice that um, New Jersey sent Alexander Holtz down, and he had basically like four points in two games or something like that uh, down in the AHL, and then they called him back up, and it's like, yeah, maybe you should actually play him on a line with people that can help him score. Like, just get him going. Or keep him down there. But he had a huge monster season in the AHL last year, so... You have, like, I know Tatar has a lot of chemistry right now up on those top lines, but he, you can move that guy down. Come on. Get Holtz going and then move him down. Like, give him a little bit of confidence and then be like, all right, buddy, you're good now. Let's go. Um, okay. Who are we going to talk about next? Well, uh, this is going to be a transition into two topics. So, this will be the first topic, and that is the current unfuegoness of one Mr. Eric Carlson of the San Jose Sharks, who has 11 goals and 21 assists for 32 points, which is tied for third in the entire NHL. Not among defensemen, among all skaters. We have McDavid at 36, Robertson at 35. Uh, Maybe we'll get to him next week, or the Dallas Stars in general. Yeah, maybe we'll do a Dallas thing next week. They're quite interesting right now 
Uh, but Eric Carlson, 32 points, tried with Dreisaitl uh, and Pasternak, one point ahead of Kucherov. Um, I did notice that John Tavares is leading the lease in points, which I think is pretty funny. Um, but anyways, we're talking about Eric Carlson here. Um, he leads all, so, so this is time on ice. Connor McDavid, time on ice in 21 games, 473 minutes and 43 seconds. Jason Robertson in 22 games, 387, 43. Eric Carlson in 24 games, 606, 07. He has played, Eric Carlson has played over 200 minutes more than Jason Robertson, which, okay, is the defenseman, but I don't know if that's necessarily, like, Jason Robertson in basically 100 minutes less then Connor McDavid has one less point. That's crazy. Anyways, we're talking about Carlson. We'll do Robertson and the Stars next week. Uh, so he's having, obviously, a crazy start to the season. Old Carlson, Murray's back, blur, all that stuff. Um, if I am Mike Greer, I am doing everything I can to move this guy at full cob. Like, even if it's literally, like, even if it's a match packs, Max Pacioretty salary dump like Vegas did with Carolina. Get rid of him. You need to dump this contract. This is, You need to go scorch earth there. And this guy's helping you win games. You don't want that right now. You don't want to win games in San Jose. You want to lose games. This is the year you lose, and you lose next year. You have two bad years. You need to dump everything overboard. The amount of cap space that you will save. Just get rid of them. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Whatever you have to do, if you get nothing back, you got this. Is This is absolutely the time. You have to dump this guy as quickly as possible because he is going to get hurt again. And if he goes and he has an amazing next two or three years on a really good team, great, awesome. But you got rid of that cap space. He has no value for your franchise right now. There's no way he's like selling tickets or anything like that. And he only is going to want to go to so many spots. So if you can find a way that A, a team that wants him and he'll actually go there, bye, bye, see you, bye, whatever, whatever you got. Cap space is valuable. No idea. No idea. Vegas was inter- The Vegas GM was interviewed on 32 Thoughts, and he talked about the Max Pacioretty trade, and they were kind of like, well, you didn't get anything back. And he's like, we got like $7 million in cap space back, and that is valuable. And that's totally true. Cap space should be looked at as an asset. If you trade a player for nothing, but you're a cap strap team and all of a sudden you can bring a guy in or change your dynamic or whatever, that actually does have a lot of value. So what other senators? So yeah, obviously the first team that came up, trade them back to the senators. I mean, if the senators make this trade, this is no, just no, you don't at all. This is not, no, this is you not learning lessons. If you trade for this guy, this is you not learning any lessons over the last three or four years, especially over this summer. This is not the guy you trade for. You need to be way more realistic about where you are as a team than trading for this guy. This is a team that this is like Carolina should trade for him or whatever. You know, they got Burns, obviously, so they're not going to do that. But that's a good team needs to trade for this guy. 
a good team with cap space. Now, all right, those, I don't know if those exist. Um, I guess I could look up the cap friendly. Okay, whatever. Let's do it. Cap friendly. Show me the team with the most cap space. <laughs> Nobody. Eight million. Who we got? Chicago. Yeah. Well, 19 by Ducks. 23 million by the Sabres. Okay. No. I don't want to bring him into that room either. That's the other thing. Like, you can't bring Eric Carlson into a dressing room and just have him be like, well, you're second. Like, he's got to be first unit power play. He's probably got to be first pairing. So where do you want, like, do you want, okay, let's just say hypothetically, Buff, like, Buffalo's not going to give away assets. They don't want to trade guys. If anything, they'd probably have to send a contract back. Not that they don't have the cap space, but eventually they're going to have to re-sign some of these young guys. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I don't know who would, like, Coyotes aren't taking him. The Sabres shouldn't. The Ducks definitely shouldn't. The Blackhawks definitely shouldn't. The Senators have $6 million in cap space, but I don't know if they, that's, nobody's eating part of that either. Like, you're going to get Arizona to eat $4 million, like, a part of that salary, and then get, what, a first, I don't, that's weird. I don't think Arizona can do that. I don't think that doesn't seem like a team completely flush in money right now, given the fact that they have the lowest cap, like they're 23 million cap. They have the lowest cap hit in the whole league and they're not good. Well, they're okay. I guess they're fine. They're Arizona. So, okay. Ottawa senators. Let's go over it. So big summer. Yay. We did it. Ah, Mission accomplished banner was hung. We're going to make the playoffs. 21 games in, uh, they are last place in the Atlantic. They have a minus five goal differential, which somehow is not as bad as the Montreal Canadiens, who are a minus eight. Um, but they're doing really well. It's fine. No, no, everything's working there. He's a great coach. They just have a minus eight goal differential. Um, and the Bruins are uh, plus 38, by the way. The Leafs are plus 10, and they suck, apparently. Bad defense, no goaltending. So, I mean, that's good, I guess. Uh, so Senators are not going to make the play- like. Let's just say it. they're not making the playoffs. I'm sure they're what. It, there's a money puck thing, right? Can we do that live on? Let's do it. Okay, I don't like doing this stuff, but it's even harder when you're by yourself because you're trying to vamp for yourself. But we're going to go to money puck. See, this is also why it's impossible for me to prep because I can't predict where my brain's going to go. That's really tough. But we're going to go to money puck here and look at playoff odds. We're going to look at your Ottawa Senators. Where are they here? They are at 39.6% to make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> I I should have randomly looked at this. It's Okay, so the Ottawa Senators have a 39.6% chance currently to make the playoffs which i thought would be worse if i have to be honest um because the buffalo sabers are only at 21.6 percent and the edmonton oilers are at 34.7 percent and the rangers are at 34.6 percent and the detroit red wings who are currently in a playoff spot i believe or a wild card spot are at 29 percent so at almost 40 percent 
that's not terrible, I guess, at this point in the season. They're predicting them to have 90 points. I mean, that's... But once again, like, that's not what this team expected. Um, and if we're looking at it here, the Leafs are at 94% to make the playoffs. Uh, the Seattle Kraken are at 98.1% to make the playoffs. The Seattle Kraken are at 98.1% to make the playoffs. Does that tell you how good they are this year or how bad the Pacific has been? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, so the Senators uh, obviously aren't doing as well as they thought. Uh, we'll see how that goes. They've sent Zaitsev down to the minors, basically bearing a contract that they never should have traded for, for a player that was never that great. Uh, and the other big thing is obviously they are for sale and the Green Lantern wants to buy them. Uh, not going to go into a big thing here until something actually happens. Um, I guess it's nice that the NHL got some publicity, but I am kind of over Ryan Reynolds. Just not, not really, not really, not really doing it for me anymore, ever. Did I like, you know what, movie tangent, and then we're going to, oh man, there's so much more stuff to tell us, yeah, this is not good, this is not good, there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to talk about, and I don't, Ryan Reynolds, okay, we're doing an IMDB of Ryan Reynolds on my hockey podcast which I guess kind of makes sense now in some way. And I want to find out how many Ryan Reynolds movies I actually like. See, the problem is he's got like, oh, this is not organized the way I like. Oh, no, this is... Oh, this is easier on my app. Okay. My most looked at app on my phone, since I can check that right now. This is just so dumb that I'm doing this. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, we are going down. Filmography. Okay, I spirited. Nope, haven't seen that. Wouldn't watch it. Uh, the Adam Pro. Yeah, definitely wouldn't. Oh, he's in a bunch of. Okay, any of the Netflix exclusive movies, I have no interest in watching. I Free Guy seemed just like a bad idea. Hitman's Wife Body. I think I watched Hitman's Wife and that was okay. Oh, I think I watched Six Underground and it was like, meh. He's, oh, he's, what? Oh, I haven't watched that. Uh, okay. He is Pikachu and Detective Pikachu. I did like Detective Pikachu. I did not, however, like either Deadpool movie. I find them not my cup of tea slash overrated. I remember watching the Hitman's Bodyguard, but I can't remember if I liked it. See, the later I go back in his uh, movie filmography, if you will, the more likely I am to like the movies he was in, um, because I wasn't as used to seeing him do the same thing all the time. Oh, Safe House is pretty good. Green Lantern is awful. Wow, Adventureland was fine. Um, maybe I didn't. Smoking Aces is kind of overrated. Just Friends is Just Friends. Waiting is fine. Blade, okay. <laughs> I 
I have gone through, okay, Van Wilder, uh, I remember liking Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place. Um, that's where I saw him first. Don't know if I've, wonder if I'd still like that show. Van Wilder, I feel like I rewatched not that long ago, and it's fine for what it is. Um, so essentially, I think my favorite Ryan Reynolds movie is Blade Trinity. <laughs> so... Maybe that's why I don't... He hasn't done, like, the move... I like move... Mm, that feels really gatekeepy, but personally, I kind of like really movie... I like to see actors act that some of my favorite movies and shows are actors, like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Like, it's just a bunch of guys getting in a room and talking and acting. I kind of like those movies a lot, and Ryan Reynolds tends to be in the popcorn-y... Uh, flick type movies and I tend to not always jive with those so maybe that's what it is uh, okay so if he I mean okay let's go back Senators if he buys the Senators as a Leafs fan I, I love my some of my most memorable playoff series as a Leafs fan were against the Senators mostly because we've never lost them in a playoff series um, so what will probably happen is he'll end up buying the team and the first time the Leafs beat, play them in the playoffs he'll they'll probably lose so Great. Looking forward to that. Uh, speaking of the Leafs, uh, they did end the Devils' massive win streak um, after three quote-unquote controversial overturned goals. One win- I didn't see the first two, if I will. I did see the kick by Howla. That was clearly a kick. There's no debating that one. The fact that it was even reviewed is weird. Um, it was a kick on the ice, and it should have stayed that way. But after that, the fans said throw stuff on the ice, which is weird. Um, I get that three disallowed goals is tough and it's boring to wait for that stuff. And when they always go your against you, especially when what the last one was to tie the game late. Um, yeah, that's, that's not great though. Like full beers and stuff. That's chicken fingers, I guess, throw those regardless, but, or don't buy them actually. Maybe just don't buy them. Don't throw stuff on the ice unless it's waffles or jerseys. I guess that's okay. Uh, another little leaf leaf note is Matt Murray likes to knock the net off a lot, uh, and it made a bunch of people mad. We'll see where that goes. Um, apparently, that's a Curtis Sanford thing, pushing off the posts and using the posts, uh, and he is the new Leafs goaltending coach, so maybe get used to that. Um, but if you will, Mark Rondé Fleury knocked it off a couple times. Uh, in that game as well, or was it Flurry in net, or was it Gus? I don't know. Whoever was in net for the Wild that night knocked it off a few times too. Uh, to me, the one goaltending thing that I did want to touch on uh, is Connor Hellebuck losing his helmet in play, and then the Dallas Stars scoring shortly after. I think it was the Stars. Uh, if a goalie loses his helmet, you should not be able to shoot at the net. That's did that's just nope, nope. Player safety should matter more than anything. That should be the number one priority here. If his helmet goes off, you blow the whistle dead. Okay? Done. And if you want to be like, oh, he's going to take it off when... Sorry, that's not a competitor then. Like, we complain about so many things in hockey that are kind of dumb. Like, oh, he's not looking like he's trying or whatever. But, like, a guy that is repeatedly just taking his helmet I like, eventually that's not going to work out and he's going to take a puck in the face and he's going to learn his lesson. Like... It's pretty obvious when a, if he shakes his head or whatever, like if he, there are ways, like we have officials on the ice that are asked to do so many things that they are 
sometimes not capable of doing because they're just not looking everywhere all the time. And we always are worried about, well, this group, it's, you know how many things happen, like how many hooks and cross-checks and all that stuff get uncalled. And you're worried that the goalie's, like, the goalie's helmet might randomly, he might take it off on purpose in a scoring chance for your team one time. Like, put it the other way. If if you if that was a Stanley Cup overtime and your goalie is laying on the ice with no helmet on and the other team skates the puck behind the net and then goes out front and then scores into the empty net, are you going to be happy with that goal? I hope not. Helmet goes off, blow it dead, done. It's done. We need to start worrying worry about player safety. Worry about player safety first. It's silly. They should change that. Like that needs to be changed. Okay, I have a few more topics. I'm not going to get into it all. There's just no point. We've done an hour here, basically. So, one last topic. Uh, we didn't talk about it last week with Tyler because that hadn't happened yet. Um, but in my last solo show, I talked about Borsalming getting his send-off. Um, unfortunately... He has since passed away. Um, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I, hmm, you know what? Instead of traditionally ending the podcast with the outro music, I'm going to end it with something else in Mr. Salming's honor. So, Thank you all for listening to the podcast this week, and I will talk to you next week. The first Swede inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame and the highest scoring defenseman in Maple Leafs history, Borea Salming.